0: Welcome to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How you doing, Alan? Doing okay. Wow, that was less than enthusiastic. (laughs) And here also with producer extraordinaire, Matt Lippman. How's it going, Matt?
1: Very well, thank you, Michael. Always a pleasure to join you guys.
0: All right. Well, today's topic is where we're, we're, we want to look at the big news story, the big impending event in current events is this process by which Israel's talking about annexing parts of the West Bank. And we want to we've, we've, we've done an episode about this, analyzing it a couple of weeks ago, and we don't have that much to add in terms of the analysis. But we want to today talk about how people are going to talk about it when you encounter this discussed. In the media, whether written media or sound or, or, or uh, television or whatever, they're going to be discussing it from three different lenses because we think, and we're, we're, we're I guess, I'd say 80% cooked on this idea, <laughs> that people look at the Israeli-Palestinian conflict through three different lenses. So today we want to define those lenses And then we're going to use this annexation story as an illustration to how people will be talking about it. And you'll be able to identify which of the lenses they're using. Does that sound like a good framing of the plan, guys?
2: Yeah, I think what we're trying to do is give people the ability, you know, by framing it, clarity of what's going on. Because a lot of people often mix Different categories and always aren't always talking the same language really, using the same words, but don't always mean the same thing. Right. And the way to bring clarity right. is to understand to be able to categorize it. So oh, they're talking about this now. And right. this guy's talking about something different. And that's why it's, something's wrong here. So I think we're hoping yeah, to bring clarity to those discussions. And when you can so when you see it and you listen to people talking about it, you can say, Oh, he's talking about this, she's talking about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a big part of what we do in general, is we think that by making the categories clear, it makes the conversation more intelligible and more valuable. Right. Yeah. Okay. So here are, and and this is more or less as formulated by Benji Davis, and and we're sort of uh, working on fine-tuning it. Uh, Benji says that there are really three lenses for looking at the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. There's the social justice lens, there's the geopolitical lens, and then there's the fundamentalist lens. And there are probably a bunch of subcategories, but, but uh, why don't we split them up? Who wants to do social justice?
2: Um, okay, I could do it, I think. But you guys, will, you guys will correct me if I, uh, if I veer um, off the path. Alan,
0: supplement. I would... Supplement.
2: We'll supplement you, Alan.
0: No, I would never disagree with you, especially not on the podcast,
2: Alan. I never argue with you. I think that, um, right, the social justice, like political lens, right? These are all political lenses. And of course, whenever you categorize anything, we're not, you know, it's not absolutist. We're not talking being absolutist here. But again, it's it's putting in these categories will help bring us clarity. So the social justice lens. Is ideal saying, types. Ideal types. Yeah. So the social justice lens basically says that. The issue is uh, an issue of morality, of unjust morality, right, Um, where uh, one side um, uh, has most or all of the power, which is the Israelis, and the Palestinians um, don't really have the power or or agency to change the situation. Um, Or basic rights. And basic rights, exactly. And and basic rights, they're they're losing basic rights. So therefore, the way to solve the problem is to um, is to give uh, rights to the Palestinians. Right, the Palestinians need rights, and that will give them power and agency and make them full members. And of course, there could be any number of solutions to this rights. Uh, but the focus is all on. Palestinian rights, um, and less has to do with Israelis or Zionism or Israel, because the perception there is that Israel has all those people who are Israelis or citizens of Israel have all the rights. Correct? Um, and therefore mm-hmm. the it's solution with- can be in many, you know, can be a number of different solutions, either Palestinian state, it could be a binational state, it could be it could be right, it could be a, a one-state solution that is not a nation, right? Not even national-based, democratic, one-state solution, one-person, one-vote. But any of these would would solve the problem of of Palestinians uh, not having having uh, equal rights. Yeah, is that
1: fair? It's to do. I, I think that was a perfect summary, I, I would add to it just, to, it, or, or sum it up in a a different way is just it's basically bal- uh, leveling the playing field. Uh-huh. Right. You're leveling the playing field that everybody has the same opportunities as each other.
0: Okay, okay good. Yeah, social yeah. social justice lens. Matt, do you want to do geopolitical or fundamentalist?
1: Oh wow. Okay, what a choice. Um, I'll take the geopolitical one. I think. Um, okay,
0: that's five hundred geopolitical. And
2: of course, since Mike's a <laughs> settler, so I've, I've been, been watching him, a lot of. Since Mike's a settler, we we'll leave him with the fundamentalist.
0: You dump, dump the fundamentalists
1: on the cellar. I've been watching too much Jeopardy, by the way. So if I make... So the, the geopolitical lens is basically... And again, you guys will add to me, correct me, however you feel free to. Um, but the geopolitical lens is basically talking about the issue through the lens of seeing it as a struggle um, over geography, over land, over territory. Who gets to control the territory? Who gets to, say, have sovereignty over it? That's basically the word that's being used right now in the context generally in Israel, um, who gets to decide what happens there? Which of those um, two or more sides in a dispute get to control the territory and decide what happens to it? And what sort of solutions do they propose? i it looks like you wanted to add something there.
2: No, no. What, just what types of solutions are there for that then?
1: Well, I think the solutions for that would be how to resolve who gets to control the territory. So either that would be sharing it, or um, have some sort of like um, negotiation about, well, I'll take this bit and you take that bit and and we'll compromise. Uh, or it could be a, one solution, whether it's a fair solution or not, is a different question is, well, I'm stronger than you. So I get to decide what happens to it. My army is stronger and therefore I can control it and you can't. And that obviously... May be different with the social justice lens, and that's why we're talking about three different. Lens. Right, but I don't know Two if in
0: the territorial lenses. dispute. I think the solution usually says that there needs to be everybody needs to have some territory.
2: Yeah, I mean, usually territorial is the two-state solution. That's usually what we talk about. Two-state solution. Two-state solution,
0: solution yeah. is the. That's
1: what we're talking about in this yeah.
0: context. Yeah, but, yeah. The, the the main expression of the geopolitical
1: approach that sees it as who controls territory, is the two-state solution. Right which would involve in, in most cases i think most people would argue that it involves some kind of negotiation or some Correct. kind of compromise yeah. in order to reach that point where you can oh, have that. De- you it's best to
2: it. yeah it's definitely a negotiation on all that but the idea is basically it's the, the problem is a territorial dispute how do you fi- how do you, how do you solve a territorial dispute is you divide the land
1: give everybody territory but that division is an an interesting question which is what we'll come well usually
0: that should be done bilaterally not unilaterally but that's but that's a that's a that's a means question what's the best means to solve the territorial problem but it but the social justice looks at it as making sure everybody has equal rights geopolitical looks make sure everybody has sovereignty over some land yeah 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 Okay. and I, I'm stuck with the third which okay. is the fundamentalist perspective keep which wearing, by the way let me they just they keep say
2: settler from America toting a machine gun gets to do the fundamentalist that's
0: right that's right and as representative I don't want to hear you guys corrections or additions or supplements <laughs> because only I <laughs> I got into the role <clears throat> I'm in a
2: character now hold on and scene we'll get Ben to yeah. edit that <laughs> out <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, if we edit out my bad jokes for this podcast they're like five minute podcasts. uh uh the fundamentalist says look there's basically one side that's right and the way and, and and there's one side that's wrong and that's really all it's about and so what we need to do is completely satisfy that one side and you have fundamentalists on the Israeli side you have fundamentalists on the Palestinian side um some of the fundamentalists uh Uh, propose violent means to resolving this problem. There's a greater problem of that on the Palestinian side than the Israeli side, although there are violent fundamentals on the Israeli side, but it's a much smaller per capita number. But even those who say by peaceful means, our ultimate goal is to resolve this problem in favor of one side, that's still a fundamentalist approach. Often, these fundamentalist approach are within a uh, religious framework, both on the Israeli and the Palestinian side, but not always. You have fundamentalists who are secular who say, we basically, whether on the Palestinian side or the Israeli side is, this is a zero sum game. The solution I propose is my side gets everything, other side gets nothing. So these are the three lenses that we think, social justice, geopolitical, and fundamentalist. Do you care about establishing equal rights and opportunity for everyone between the Jordan and the Mediterranean? geopolitical? Does everyone have sovereignty over a piece of territory between the Jordan and the Mediterranean? And fundamentalist is, my side has to have complete everything between the Jordan and the Mediterranean.
2: So I'd like to, can I put a little nuance on that fundamentalist a little bit? Mr. Fundamentalist? Fine. So I...
1: Is, is there nuance so, available for Fundamentals? Exactly. Hold on, I have That's to get out of character. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm back. So it's, uh, so no, Mike I again.
2: Think, I think what Mike said first is super important when they're talking about zero-sum game, that they often look at it as a zero-sum game. Um, but it, uh, the nuance I want to put on is the fundamentalist decides that uh, I, I'm going to decide what happens, right? So even if the other side is going to get some rights, it's the rights that that side gives them. Right, mm-hmm. so in other words, Israeli fundamentalists who say, "Okay, we need to annex the entire West Bank because it's all of ours," will say, mm-hmm. "Oh, I understand there are Palestinians here, so I will give them residency or something. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make some kind of thing." So, right, so it's not right. So they want to. They may. No, recognize no so what you're some saying rights. as long. Yeah,
1: as
0: long as I resolve everything to my satisfaction. Exactly. Exactly. That, then we'll deal. I, I have a way of dealing with you also. Exactly.
1: And that's what I was saying about the geopolitical thing, that a fundamentalist way of resolving that would be, I've got more tanks than you, and therefore I'm going to decide how we... Right, which is why I don't think
0: that's a good example of number two geopolitical. I think that's a good example of three fundamentalists. Right. Right. So uh, I would say it's the defining characteristic of, of fundamentalists. Now, we are not without... Right now, we haven't applied... Well, I guess we made some jokes about the fundamentalist approach. But we have but we have we're not attempting at this point to apply value judgment on any of those three. We're oh. identifying them. We have our own personal leanings, you have your personal leanings, whatever it is. Most of us blend somehow inside all three of these. Right. But right now we're not applying value. We're saying these are three, whether you like them or not, coherent, intelligible attitudes towards how you look at the conflict. Reasonable people, and I guess reasonable is a a difficult word in this context, (laughs) but you can be an intelligent, no, but seriously, you can be an intelligent person. You can make an intelligent argument. You can explain themselves coherently. You can participate in an argument or a conversation and explain yourself. These are not insane. You can choose to say, you know, this one's valid, this one is not valid to me, but you can't say it's not valid to an intelligent thinking person. Right. You can say I, I like this one. I don't like this one. I think this one's dangerous. I think this one is whatever. This one's safe. This one's better. We all blend these three to whatever degree. But in discourse, intelligent people will represent these opinions, right? Yeah, that's
2: fair to say. It's fair to say, and I and I think okay. and I think it's very helpful now because what you what you do is when you're having a conversation, or you're listening, or you're not having a conversation, you're just listening to someone speak on the media or you're watching, whatever it is, right? You're hearing something about this and you're trying to figure out and you say, okay, what are they talking about? What? So you have to identify what they see as the problem because that's how it always works. We've talked about it before. We talked about this in the way that we did the activism, right? The one that, right? The first thing is to identify the problem. So people are identifying different problems, right? Right. And then...
0: They're they're emphasizing different problems. Emphasizing
2: different problems and and emphasizing different problems will then will then result in the in the solution that they come about. So uh, for instance, that's I I see it all the time. So so someone say, Okay, well the issue is the rights of the Palestinians. So I I, so we have to solve that problem. So and someone who's saying, Well, no, the real issue is is the land, is that there are two people who want the same land. So they're not actually really often having the same conversation.
0: Well, part of the problem so, is, if the, the, more, the more purely you fall into a category, the more difficult it's going to be for you to have a conversation with somebody who also is. In other words, in your example just right. now of the social justice person is saying, whatever we do, our priority is to resolve the, the rights issue, which means it's going to focus on the Palestinians, and it's going to defocus on the Israelis' need for security and safety, Right. The geopolitical approach is going to say, look, however we end up with land in both hands, it's going to focus more from on the Israeli perspective and say, look, as long as we have secure place for both people to live on land, so it's going to focus more on that side. And that's why, that's why if there is a resolution that isn't a fundamentalist resolution, it's going to have to balance Palestinian claims for justice with Israeli claims for peace. But the fundamentalist approach is the one that says, "It it really does because one of the sides is just illegitimate. I only have to solve the side that is legitimate, and then we'll deal with the consequences for the illegitimate side, one way yeah. or another." Now, what we'd like to do now is discuss annexation, and I'm going to make a half joke, but actually kind of half serious proposal, which is. Do you want to discuss how people will discuss annexation from the three perspectives? Or do we each want to represent one of these approaches and have a conversation about annexation? And improvise? Uh, are you suggesting
1: that we sort of role play? Yes, that is what I,
0: I am suggesting role play. Mm.
2: That could be very interesting to do.
1: Uh,
0: it is. We, it was not the plan. It, it was, was not under- the plan. Prepared, so we didn't plan. I don't no
2: pl- that will descend into being just boring for our listeners. Or, or or interesting it depends well, how it plays more out or interesting
0: but, to have an improvised conversation yeah i have never called an audible in my maybe i have once or twice but this one uh,
2: up to you guys i vote role play uh, sure why not okay, I'll go with one okay,
1: that's I, I just two. want to tell our listeners we normally come like really like mapped out and planned out so for this to be sprung on us as role play this will be a lot of fun this will be good yeah. Okay.
0: If it's bad, we'll tell Ben to cut it <laughs> and we'll go back to plan A. Uh, look, here, here and and uh, here's the thing about annexation. It is ridiculous that we haven't annexed this land yet. First of all, Oh, uh, we annex-
2: you're in, you're doing the fundamentalist?
0: Oh, I just assumed that we'd be playing the characters we represented in the pitch. Uh Okay. Oh, I have to create a
2: new character now. No, I don't know. I we this is really off the cuff, so I'm a little bit you know sweating here.
0: Okay, keep you want to pick? Going, you mine. can pick. No, it's
2: okay. Okay, go ahead.
0: No, really, do you really want to pick a different? You don't not want to do? Oh, you first of all, you hippie, you definitely want to <laughs> no. do
2: social justice. <laughs> I just didn't want to you know be. I just didn't want to be pigeonholed.
0: It's not even acting.
2: <laughs> yeah, Mike, let's go.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's ridiculous that we're even talking about annexation. It's already Israel already governs this land. It is inhabited by Jews. This is the historical homeland. I mean, you're talking about annexing land where King David walked with his sheep when he was a shepherd. What do you mean Israel shouldn't annex? It's Israel. It's Eretz Yisrael. It has to become Medina Yisrael. We should be living under Israeli law. I don't even understand why it's a discussion.
2: So, well, first of all, it's a discussion. I'm representing the social justice person. Uh, it's a discussion because it's another, it's another slide down into the apartheid state um, that that has been created. Because what you're doing is not only are you preventing a Palestinian state from really ever happening if you annex 30% of the land in the West Bank. Um, but certainly, the now the hundreds of thousands of Palestinians that are going to come under that annexed land are now going to be living uh, even 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 in more defined um, second-class citizenship than they have been. At least, if there was hope that someday the the the, the um, second-class citizenship, the military occupation would end. Now, there's no hope. Not only that, is the military occupation not going to end? It's going to solidify. Uh, a cl- two classes, and you're now going to also divide the, the the West Bank up into little islands, like in South Africa of Batushan lands, right, what they were called, right, where you they, they're little enclaves of Palestinians living there they're not connected um, and there's going to be no hope of ending military uh, uh, Israeli military sovereignty or occupation um, uh, in the future, so really, basically what you're doing is you're cutting out any hope for, uh, for Palestinian uh, equal rights. That's it. There's, there's really no end to it. So if you think that some historical idea of a greater Israel is more important than individual human rights of people who are living there now, so then I guess you're, uh, you're on the right track. But I fear that that's uh, not exactly what is encapsulated in the idea of seeking justice. Do you want me to explain to you and- why you're wrong, or should we... You want to explain well, to you why you're wrong? Or do you want to give Matt a chance? I think we should give Matt a chance because then you and I will just. You
1: know. I think we should give Matt okay, a chance. Okay, then I'll explain okay, to so both ge- of you why you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the geopolitical perspective is basically that the land which Israel uh, captured in 1967—that the land—that's what we're talking about when we talk about the West Bank. Right? We're talking about the land from 1967. That Israel captured that in order they were in, they were at war with the other um, with the other countries they captured that land. That land has been under Israeli military control for the last 50 plus years. Um, And that is land which Israel has identified at least certain parts of that land as being integral to Israeli security. For example, one of the areas that are under discussion now, the Jordan Valley, it's considered that the Jordan Valley Ridge is essential to um, as a natural defense. They're probably not
0: talking about that in July, but yeah.
1: With, with Jordan and, and, and other countries uh, further to, to, to the east, that, that Jordan Valley is of, of, of crucial uh, importance security-wise. Other areas as well create a buffer for Israel to be safe. Like Israel, sort of uh, from the the armistice line, creates a buffer as well, um, and also allows Israel to um, have some, basically security in that area. Of course, the Golan Heights as well. Even though that's not on the table for annexation, but, but that's an does example have to do why your- Israel annexed. Well, that was an example where Israel said this is a security issue okay. and they've taken it. What what, what the Palestinian issue, uh, what they want is they want their own state. And that land of the ni- post-1967 West Bank has been identified uh, by the Palestinian people as that's where they hope their uh, future state will be, uh, including parts of East Jerusalem as the capital. So the question is then, well, how do we um, reconcile the fact that the Palestinians want that land to be there uh, future state and israel wants to maintain that land as a security area and has things so how are we going to reconcile that as well israel has other reasons why they want that land for example there's. what are you suggesting there, half we half do different. can
0: you get to your bottom line what are you
1: suggesting as a geopolitical person is that we sit around the table and we hash you call yourself that israel.
0: in actual conversations with other people you're a weird dude we you sound we hash like hash a podcaster trying hash to out. clarify a position based on Uh, uh,
1: Like a lens or something All right, I'm sorry I fell out of role play for a second But the Palestinians and the Israelis hash out what their priorities are That's how a negotiation works, right? You hash out what's most important to you, what your priorities are And how you're going to get the best deal for yourselves in terms of what you want So whether that means Israel uh, annexing certain parts Whether that gives the Palestinians demilitarized control over certain parts Whether that would mean Israel um, has certain access right, right, roads and the Palestinians have different access roads. Whatever that means, everybody has to get the best deal that they feel that their political. You're talking um, about um, the whole West uh, Bank.
0: Uh, right now we're talking about by July, they're talking about annexing Jewish areas of
1: the West Bank. How does that sound to you? Yes, they are. Uh, and from a geopolitical point of view, I think. Why do you keep saying that? As, You're such a weird dude. As as a unilateral decision it can't that can't be reckoned that is not uh consistent with trying to find what we're trying to do here
0: okay so if let me it's explain
1: unilaterally decided which is what is happening as it seems is unilateral decision that's not how you reach the geopolitical goal that's you're what saying we're this well is before. a territorial
0: dispute, fun- and so a unilateral thing will not help resolve the territorial dispute. it'll just exacerbate it yes
1: unless you take the fundamentalist perspective and feed it in and that's what we're trying to what perspective directly.
0: we're just From three guys having a conversation on a recording on
1: zoom so from that perspective, to have a fundamentalist like yourself come and tell me that I'm only going to take this part and not give the others another part.
0: Wow. Well, first of all, I resent work. I resent personally being called a fundamentalist. That's an ad hominem accusation. I think I'm being honest, not a fundamentalist. <laughs> so uh, let me explain to you guys why you're both wrong. Okay. So I'll start with Alan. You're saying that the results of the Arabs who live here are going to be infringed upon. To me that is a bizarre claim because I am willing to any Arab who lives within the area that's going to be annexed I'm willing to offer them complete citizenship and if they don't want that citizenship for whatever reason that's fine but I will still give them permanent resident status which means they will have full rights as a citizen of Israel except to vote for Knesset because they don't want to be a citizen so I I you know I resent when people imply that i don't care about the rights of other people i believe in in democracy but it's just clear that one of us has a real claim to this land and the other one is this this modern insurgent movement to destroy us claiming that there's a real political entity here, and there isn't. The Palestinians aren't really making a legitimate claim. They're not really a real political entity. It's just an anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, anti-Zionist thing. So, So I I am perfectly happy to offer... Let me just
2: clarify for a second. You're offering, carte blanche, no preconditions whatsoever to give all Palestinians in annexed lands citizenship. Well, obviously,
0: if they're a security threat and they have uh, 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 have uh, uh, files uh, uh, of them as crypt... So um, we're not stupid, Alan. And what about
2: Jerusalem Arabs, Jerusalem Palestinians?
0: What about them? We already did that for Jerusalem Arabs, and it works fine. They're very happy, and they live productive, happy lives with that Except situation. That most of them are not citizens offered... and can't get citizenship because they rejected it. We offered it. In other words, mm-hmm. look, you're saying, "Oh, the rights we have to consider the rights." I'm saying, "I'm the guy taking, I'm so, the guy taking care of the rights. I'm the guy who's enfranchised the Arabs of East so. Jerusalem. I want to enfranchise the Arabs of of Area C." and make them and make them full citizens and give them full rights And you're saying no don't do that so one of us really cares about arabs and one of us is a racist i think so, i've identified which of us is which
2: so i don't know if you're if you're uh if you're uh, insulted by being called a fundamentalist i think that insults if we're trying to have intelligent discussion we don't need to that's to go fair to insults you're right i apologize yeah because we can right. go down that line it's much easier on my side anyway um, but leaving that aside i want to go at the core and leaving aside let's let i'll even give you for a second assume that there is um, the ability to give them citizenship i'll even go with your your idea i don't even want to argue that because now we're going to get into details where i not say but have have you, do the palestinians want that right in other words there there's a basic understanding a basic idea that was established in zionism that zionism is based on which is that all peoples get self determination Jabotinsky wrote about it in the iron wall. Zionism was based on this idea that a person, a people and, and we as a Jewish people have found, found this on our blood, especially in the 20th century, that a people without self-determination is an other and is and is dependent on the graces of others. Do the Palestinians want that or do they have the right to self-determination just like the Jewish people and self-determination in their homeland? They were born here. They go back here generations, as much as anybody can see. Their their national their their nation was born here. And without getting into details, when that happened, that so do the Palestinians want self determination, and which is they do want that, and that is almost the most basic human right that will that will protect people from a uh, from a um, uh, oppressive oppressive thing. So that that to me is the most basic argument. So it's very nice that you want to be forth giving and giving citizenship but what Palestinians want is just the same right that the Jewish people uh, have always wanted which is self-determination in their own land and that will really protect look, and give them me, equal rights and that's what they and that's what they I can,
0: I can answer that and answer Matt at the same time okay great look what you're saying uh, 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 sounds very pretty and I would uh, I, I would take what you're saying and what Matt's saying more seriously except for one historical fact, the Second Intifada. If you were right, and really what the Palestinians are aspiring to is statehood, then Oslo should have ended up with a Palestinian state. Matt, you're saying it's territorial and therefore we have to be bilateral in how we resolve this. We tried bilateral, and it failed because the Palestinians don't want a state. They are, they are fighting a battle uh, to end our existence. Now, because I am a a, a, a person who actually cares about all humans, I would like to resolve this in a way that ends up with the best outcome for Palestinians. But my first priority is maintaining the existence and security of the state of Israel, because that's the side that's right. And the other, I understand there's a lot of people who aren't Jewish or Israeli, and, you know, I want to do the best I can for them. And that means making sure as many in the annexed area have have legal and civil rights and, poli- and even a degree of political rights. Matt, you're saying, well, we have to make sure that everybody agrees on how much land they have. The Palestinians have made clear how much land they want to have. All the land between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean. That is not a solution. So since that's off the table... What we're going to have to do is ultimately continue to make it Jewish land and find ways to improve the quality of life for our Arab, uh, uh, whether it's citizens or residents or whatever it is. But they, they have no intention of creating a state. They haven't created the infrastructure of a state. They haven't created a culture of wanting to build what would ultimately even become the beginnings of an infrastructure of a state. So... We we have to stop deluding ourselves that this is a territorial dispute. We have to stop deluding ourselves that this is a dispute over rights. This is a dispute over one side which says, well, we can solve this territorially or with rights, and another side which says, we want you dead. We want you gone. Okay? So there's only one way to, to solve that problem. From our perspective, one of us is going to have to win, and one of us is going to have to lose. But we... Are moral. And so we want the losers, we want to be gracious winners and have this as soft a landing as possible for Arabs.
1: So the land that was uh, that we're, that we're discussing the land that we're discussing from 1967, the West Bank, that land is uh, disputed under international law. Most international organizations claim that Israel should not be there, that it is illegal. So therefore, when you're coming to offer your very kind. Uh, generous perspective, you're still going against what the international community claim is a is a legal and uh, a legal solution. I'm not even talking about justice at this point. No. We're talking about a legal solution under United under United Nations law and I understand law. the United
0: Nations is wrong. I agree that they're completely the completely misunderstand um, the situation. And the
1: other thing, of course, to understand is what you're referring to in terms of how the Palestinians attempted to derail or derailed Oslo all those years ago with the second Intifada. That was also coming from a fundamentalist perspective. I know you don't like Correct. the word fundamentalist. I know you think no. I agree
0: and with you. Insults. I do think the Palestinians. But that was also fundamentalism. fundamentalism,
1: and maybe Correct. that's why it didn't result in a Palestinian state either. What we have Correct. to understand is: yes, it is a uh, a territorial dispute. Yes, if we're able to get the sides around the table to negotiate about who gets which, that actually it will work out best for everybody. Instead of taking each side taking a fundamentalist view. And say this is what the land is. Okay, this is how much land there is. We have to find a way to make it work that each side is happy with the piece of land that they're going to be assigned in any final status deal.
0: Yeah, that's that's not my job. <laughs> my job is not to convince the Palestinian people about what's in their best interest. They've decided what's in their best interest, and I have to respect. And you've them. decided
1: what's in their best interest too, apparently. No, I haven't.
0: But, I don't. At this well, point, I would, I would, their best interest. They've decided. I no longer care about their best interest because they've decided their best interest is killing me and my family and my state.
2: So, so I I can't. I would say that yeah. By denying them their rights, that's why Israel's insecure. That the the best interest of the Jewish state is that just we and that's what we've learned throughout history. The best interest of the state is when everybody has ha, has rights and when everybody has equal rights. That is the best interest of the Jewish people also in the land. That's what Zionism was built on. Right, a democratic rights to everybody, not and nobody would would be second class citizens because we know how badly that goes. When the Palestinians have rights, and maybe even if if it's in a two state solution like Matt uh, is is um, is proposing, then yes, then we, Israel will be secure. Israel will never be secure. It will never be secure until the Palestinians have equal rights. You can you can go on as much as possible to think, oh, that the, the stronger I am the the more safe I'll be. But the truth is, you can build as many walls as you want. You can build as many tanks as you want. In the end of the day, until everybody has their basic rights, there will be no peace and security in this land.
1: That, no, that's Alan, just
2: that's just a fact, and that's the Alan, that's the why that's the reason why there's a continual war. Because also the Oslo process was derailed because uh, it, it it was shown that that. The, the, that Ameri- uh, that I'm sorry that Israel was not enough. You you think oh Israel did everything it can, but that's not how the Palestinians. That's not from the Palestinian side at all, right? Um, Israel shuffled its feet. It didn't move on many of the many of the sea feet on many of the the categories to clauses, the clauses. Thank you. Um, and uh, so that's why that's why we got stuck in this terrible um, downward spill from Oslo.
1: Look, Alan. Also you to keep, say that the Palestinians yeah. are not ready for statehood, Mike, is th- 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 whatever perspective we're looking at from the under international community, the international community recognizes the rights of the Palestinians to have their own state. So that's why it then becomes a question of where that state will be and how to get that land and, and things like that to to build that state.
0: Right. So with all due respect to the international community that sat by while a third of my people were murdered 70 years ago, for them to come around and say that they understand this situation and can explain it to me and what's in my best interest, I say they can go to hell. Because they they don't really, they're not really interested in even trying to understand what's really going on here. They're just trying to get a problem off their desk at best. And they view me with antipathy and anti-Semitism at worst. So they're, they're... International consensus is of no real uh, interest to me. In terms of Alan, you keep going back to these fundamental Zionist principles. the The national anthem of Israel is Hatikva, the hope. That hope we're talking about is the hope of the past. The state is the beginning of the realization of that hope. You could be, because it's not a hope anymore; it's real. We now have a state. You can't keep using hope. Once the facts are in, you can hope for the future. You can't hope for the past. And this idea that you're describing, which is, you know, look, I'm not going to disagree with you. What a lovely utopianist idea of that once we give them rights and all of this, things will be peaceful. We've already proven that's not true. And you can say, well, the Palestinians would have accepted rights if the Israelis didn't shuffle their feet. Well, the Israelis shuffled their feet when our buses started blowing up and we had to stop the influx of terrorism during the Oslo process when hundreds of Israelis
2: by, were murdered. By by fundamentalists like you that only wanted to see one solution. Well, to, I, thought we uh, the I thought we weren't that, doing that.
0: i I thought we weren't doing that. I owed you one. Huh? I
2: owed you one. I owed you I owed you one,
0: but, but I, I give you an apology. You're, you're basically associating uh, so me
2: apologize.
0: with so apologize. <laughs> that's all for, I withdraw the question, your honor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but no, I don't think lumping is only one me one
2: way to solve the problem. One fundamentals idea of only one way to solve the problem, a zero sum game that I all my I only I have to worry about my my needs first. That, that, that doesn't solve It doesn't work, problems, right? And we've seen that I agree right with you. for the I agree last with 80, 80 years, 100 you. years.
0: I agree with you. Yeah, if one side, if, if either side says we're going to be fundamentalist on our approach, then you cannot come to a compromise. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And history has proven, right. whatever your hopes are or your vision is, I'm the guy living on planet Earth with reality, which is the Palestinians have a fundamentalist attitude towards this conflict. That... Until that changes, then we cannot talk about uh, collaborative, cooperative situations because one side has a zero-sum game attitude towards resolving this conflict. The other side better be be ready. That's the iron wall, my friend. The other side better be ready to defend their borders and their security at all costs so that the other side learns that they will not defeat it. And their fundamentals... Let me me, me uh, just finish fundamentals. No, no, my
2: friend, we're not talking. No, 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 my friend, we're but, not talking about defending our borders here. We're talking about expanding our borders. That's
1: the same thing. That's
2: what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about no, expanding our borders. No, we're not expanding our borders, our borders well, by the way. By the way, we're not expanding we do with our borders. With that land?
1: What do we do with that territory? And, Mike, when you say the international community can go to hell, that's fine. But as a standing of Israel, as I a agree. member of the international that community, we agree. if we want Israel to continue. To be a member of the international community, an active member of the international community, we have to respect international law.
0: You know, when the Soviet Jewry protests were going on and people were saying, you know, oh, you Jews have to learn. I'm tired of being told to learn our place by the international community. And, you know, and they told us that you have to know your place. Don't we shouldn't move the American embassy because that's going to inflame the region. Guess what? It didn't inflame the region. When we stand up for our rights and get what we demand. The world may complain a little and then you go, Aah! and in the end, they realize we were right and they suck it up and we move along.
2: You talk a big game, but we, we as you just yourself uh, uh, pointed out, that um we depend a lot on the international community great important us for us to be in the un it's important as right if you're not re- recognized by the international community then you, you can't do anything you can't even bring arms you can't buy arms legally you
0: here's what's hilarious you, know, you guys. have
2: to be a recognized state so here's
0: what's yeah. hilarious what the european union and the un have threatened that if we do this step they will wag their finger at us nobody's talking about sanctions Nobody's talking about expelling us from the UN. You guys are more hair yeah. on fire than the actual people you're saying are going to have their hair. No, on No,
2: because that's not my big problem. My big problem is now that I have to police hundreds of thousands of uh, of people, and I have to, yeah. and I have to, and I have to become now. I, I become go from a military occupation to a police state.
0: So let me say my last word, and then you guys get the last word because I started. Okay, you each get the last word. Okay. So so let me just say that you guys think you have a shortcut solution by providing territory to the palestinians or rights to the palestinians we will end the conflict i'm saying iron wall that 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 shortcut is a long cut the shortcut to palestinian uh, acceptance of the state of israel is when they understand their their fundamentalist goals will never be realized that israel is here it's here to stay israel's goals have to be reached and then they'll they'll understand that they have to compromise and accommodate i have the Shortest route, which is the longest, hardest route. I agree with you; it's going to be long and hard, but that's the way it is. Alan and then Matt.
2: I don't think actually my route is short at all. Um, I think it's actually a very long route, but I think it's based on uh, on a fundamental idea, and that fundamental idea is that people have particular rights. To self-determination, to equality in their home, and only when we have that complete in the Middle East—not only for the Palestinians, but throughout the Middle East—if um, uh, that's what we're talking about—then we will see peace in our region. Until then, we won't see it, and I think that actually the Palestinians can be the tipping point here, right? right. The tipping point that if we can actually, um, we can actually, you know, create the system where Palestinians live in a democratic, free Palestine, where they have rights, they have voting rights, they have equal rights, they have all the rights that we enjoy in the democratic world, then we will see a, a, a deep change in Palestinian society. And I actually, uh, I have, maybe it's a dream, maybe it's a hope, yes, I have a hope. You talked about hope before, but I have a hope that then can spread over to the other parts of the, of the Middle East where they're not living in such uh, uh, democratic societies either.
1: That Okay. Um, I would say that we have to understand that the the land that Israel is currently uh, occupying against international law is claimed to by the Palestinians as what they would want for their future state. Israel um, and the Palestinians need to come to a compromise. What to do with that land? How to handle that situation? There has to be negotiations and compromise about the land. In order, now, whether you decide to maintain the areas A, B, and C that were established under the Oslo Accords, maybe that could be thrown in the trash. And let's start again with the new definitions and new areas. Are we talking about Jewish settlements? Are we Are talking about Jewish settlement blocks? Are we talking about a demilitarized Palestinian state? Are we talking about a Palestinian federation? What are we talking about? But somehow, the, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about it being a territorial dispute. Side A has the land, side B wants the land, right? What are we going to do? How are we going to compromise and make a way... That we can move forward, that both countries can have uh, the land and the areas and the uh, political control that they want to have over that land.
0: And scene.
2: Good and acting, scene. guys. Good end acting. Role play.
0: Yeah. End of role play. Uh, Let's these do are do not. A quick necess-
2: clarifying sikum. Yeah. Go Let's ahead. Let's do a quick clarifying sikum. Right, that we were playing three different roles here. The role that Mike was playing was of the fundamentalist of uh, what we talked about—the zero-sum game—that the only really solution is a solution which is determined by one side, and that's going to be good for all. Right? Matt was playing the geopolitical, which is really that the the main the main uh, issue is is land. It's a land dispute, and the only way to really solve the problem is to divide the land between the two people in some kind of negotiated way, so that both peoples are are, if not satisfied at least equally unsatisfied um, which is a compromise I, is. Alan, right compromise is i allen um, for my grammatically incorrect way is uh, was playing the role of the of the no, social that's justice person ah, it was uh, playing the social justice um, uh, character who sees that the main issue is the is the lack of human and equal rights for the Palestinians, and that's where the focus is to be, and then therefore, um, the the whole solution has to focus on their uh, on their rights and and however they achieve that, and nothing and uh, uh, to the secondary of anything else.
0: Right, and these are again these are ideal yeah. caricature types. These are not most of us yeah. blend in some way, but also most of us do tend to exactly. I think in my experience, most people do tend to lean towards and emphasize one or the other. The, obviously, the fundamentalism Correct. one doesn't blend as well as the other two. But even people who, who, who see it through the other lens have an understanding and sometimes even an emotional connection to the, the, the fundamentalist impulse sometimes. I would say in general yeah. that the Obama administration tried to solve the problem from category one, the social justice perspective. And looked at that as the way to find solutions. The Trump administration is looking at it from the geopolitical, let's make sure everybody gets something perspective. Right. And to me, and not for this episode, but an interesting discussion would be, where's Netanyahu? Where's Likud? Where's blue and white? Uh,
2: where are they within these lenses? Right. Right? That's that. But that's a conversation well, no, for... I, yeah. I mean, I would say since 1938, the the general track has been the geopolitical. geopolitical. <laughs> let's divide for the international the land. community, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Although, yeah, yeah. although you do see certainly Ireland and good chunks of the EU emphasize the social justice i yeah. think also yeah so it's you're right i think overall that, but there's a there's reasons, a growth yeah. of one to to push back on two as a central feature
2: Well, i so, think that social justice is more recent is right more recent correct. since the first intifada that correct. came out during really the first intifada came um, right. into the four
0: it's the most At modern the most
2: of the legal
1: stuff the the legal arguments come out of it being Viewed through a geopolitical lens. Correct. That's
0: the Correct. Correct. Well, well acted, gentlemen. Uh, we're gonna. Our okay. next episode is going to be an actor's studio interview about technique and character. I want to hear the backstories of each of your characters and where you came from and where you live.
2: Oh, I could do that good.
0: <laughs> I guess I could too, actually. Uh, but in all seriousness, I thought that was a good way to hash it out. I think it's a good episode. I'm not going to ask Ben to delete it.
2: He has enough work cut out. for will the- our listeners to vote. Ask our listeners to the vote. <laughs> throw us out. Throw tomato. You can throw tomatoes at us, or uh, yeah, no. In, in all honesty,
0: in all honesty, I think if I was being uh, 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 self honest, those three struggle within me. I don't know how to choose an yeah. emphasis because because I hear all three arguments. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my rabbinic brain. Yeah. But you're right, and you're right, and you're right. And now, how do we how do we resolve this? So it's it's to me it
1: was interesting because I, I felt like it would be it'd been easier for me to take one of the more sort of I guess emotional uh-huh. aspects, which was either the one that Mike was acting or the one that Alan was acting that that would seem to be easier than this. I guess I got given the more drier role. I don't know if that's the right way of describing it, but that's what it felt like it was drier. Mm. And therefore it was more well, you have to look at the facts, but that's mm-hmm. so much of this is not about looking at the facts right in in that sort of texture way. So it's an interesting thing
0: yeah but i but i do think as alan was saying earlier in the framing at the beginning when you hear people talking about this it's going to be helpful for you to say oh he's talking about social justice so let me let me address that but also let me bring in geopolitical because i think that's relevant and let me talk about how fundamentalism in the region in other words these clarifications are not just abstractions that are meant to be academically interesting these are these three lenses are a tool to help uh ca- to help conversations about the conflict be more productive and more intelligent and a little bit more di- dispassionate and uh and and so that the, so that people can come to reasonable disagreements but hear each other out in a productive way. that sound about right? Excellent. All right. Well, Thank you so much, Matt.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you, Alan. And
2: thank you. And
0: thank you, Ben, for this incredibly difficult editing job, for editing our Zoom conversation. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time.